Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Yep, they live. Uh, for those... For those just joining us, the show has just started, so if you were here before, I don't know what you were listening to, but maybe you're like streaming a whole bunch of our episodes all at once. If so, you deserve sainthood, basically. God bless you. Yes. Um, The reason I said they live, uh, we was going through and listening to the intro, and this part about I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And then Patrick... Co-host Patrick Canigallo, everybody. Hey, hey! Um, and I'm John Reed. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, So it's going to be the two of us this time around. Pat has not seen They Live. He was asking where that was from, so I, I was just did, informing him to, yeah. of They Live and the magic that is Rowdy Roddy Piper. I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. I liked it when he became a good guy. That I was think, exciting. I think you're going to enjoy that movie when we get to it. <laughs> I think you're going to That's gonna good. It. I always like it. It's, it's weird. It's weird, and it's cheesy. Well, I mean, Rowdy Roddy Piper is the... Main character, so right, yeah, right, right, and that's the most famous line of the movie. Yeah, so I think you're gonna enjoy it. It it has um, the the humor and the horror kind of mixed to it. It's it's a bit like sometimes it makes me feel a bit like Evil Dead. Okay, so okay, good a good mix of like stuff. A, like and... a Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two kind of Evil Dead stuff. You yeah, know, a little Ash versus Evil Dead kind of. Yeah, you need to have a little bit kind of, of that. vibe thrown in there. It's episode number one eighty, Pat. Where has the time gone? I, the time, the, the time, time is gone. Um, so we are to episode number 180, and uh, this time around we're going to be taking a look at The Last Temptation of Christ and Dead Ringers. Uh, Pat's excited. Beyond Super excited. excited. This is the way... <laughs> Super excited. I only came here to do two things, John. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm. Chew bubblegum and talk about these movies. And, yes... And you're all out of bubblegum. And yeah, it's time to talk about these movies. So, uh, very quickly, we spoil the events of the movies we talk about, so if you don't like spoilers, you know, walk away for a moment and then if, however, come back you after like you see the movies. Spoiled but if, movies. Then if you like spoiled movies... <laughs> then you came um, to the right week. You're, you're in a good place. Um... You meant spoiled in a different way. I did. Okay. Ish. Ish. Uh, if you have not yet, leave us a review on iTunes. We would appreciate that so that we know five stars. Five stars. Six if they'll let you. Um, I don't know if there's like a special account where you can put in six stars, but yeah. that would be awesome too. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's our little spiel at the beginning here. Um, very, very quickly. I'm just going to like lightning round. It's new movie, new time. stuff. Lightning yeah. round. Lightning round. New solo trailer. <laughs> I take it you finally saw yeah. it. <laughs> yes, okay. I did. How does it make you feel inside? <laughs> it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks fun, man. They're exposing sports stuff to Chewbacca and him. Like, you're 109. You look great. You look great. <laughs> um, just fun stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting shots of the Millennium Falcon. It looks like 
the the, the what do they call it? The mandibles uh-huh. in the bow. They're connected. Yeah. So the front. So you wonder. You that know, could be one of those special modifications he made himself. Yeah. So could be that. Could be that's where you keep some of the cargo. Yeah. When it's being hauled. So, anyways, that was exciting just to kind of see. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of the geek stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and all that, and and uh, yeah, excitement for the movie. The May, end of May. Yeah. Infinity Wars this month, mm-hmm. May for that it's one. It's uh, April 27th for that yeah. one, so we got like, what, three weeks? Jeez. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, less than three weeks. Dang. Mm-hmm. And then uh, May 25th. May 25th, May 25th for is Solo. For Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, May, May is going to be a bit of a, a busy month. I have it marked down on our calendar. I mean, I got a lot of movies to see in May. I, I got to seriously consider whether I'm going to buy into that movie pass thing. I still need to see Ready Player One, so I need to catch oh, up and man. get that done. I yeah. know. I got to get it done. I got to get it done. Mm. Get it done. Get it done. So why do you need the movie mm-hmm. pass, John? I might need the movie pass because I started to look at what movies we have coming up uh, during the summertime, specifically the month of May. The month of May, uh, well, we got Avengers Infinity War got moved to the end of April, so there's that one. Uh, Solo is May 25th. Deadpool uh-huh. 2 is May 18th. Okay. So, yeah. And then uh, and then other ones that I've been looking forward to that are coming out later in the year would be Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out in July. Okay. Uh, the new Predator movie is coming out in August. The Venom movie is coming out in October. That's cool. There's another X-Men movie coming out in November. And then Aquaman uh, is coming out in December. Go talk to the fish. And um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 coming out in November. Excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Kids are excited mm-hmm. for that one, too. So, we're... so i got a lot of stuff going on, so i got to think about whether I'm going to do that movie pass thing or not. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Solo trailer was good. Solo trailer was good. The thing... Yeah, see, Sharon doesn't normally get as excited about trailers as I do, but the one thing that, that we were watching it, and, and I'm just sitting there going, this is great. This is great. This is awesome. She's like, wait a minute. Was that a Mrs. Chewy? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I think it was. I think That's that, cool. It's like, I don't know if, like in the old stories, he actually had a family. And then she thought about it for a second. And like the trailer ends and I'm just sitting there going, yeah. And she turns to me and she goes, so you're telling me he abandoned his family this whole time? And I'm like, well, no, no, no. Okay, that's, uh, that's not the takeaway yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. we were going for here. <laughs> no. You mean Chewie's a deadbeat dad? No, 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 just maybe. <laughs> Did, uh, mm. Oh man, that's funny. That's not the takeaway. Let's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. But uh, the, the movie looks awesome, and it continually makes me want to be Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Cool yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did tell. There's one of the other teachers that works here with us. He mm-hmm. is a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. Uh, Anthony over at Middle South. Yeah. Dangler. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he and I are like planning to go together to go see okay. this movie because we are both huge Star Wars fans and Superman fans and pretty much everything. Um, and so we are. We, we texted each other last night, and we're like, we got to get a crew together to go see this. And I immediately was like, I call Lando. I get to be Lando. I'm wearing a cape. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis and I talked. I'm going to wear a cape and bring a Colt 45 with me. De- <laughs> Dennis and I talked. I said, we should be Han Solo and Chewbacca for Halloween. That would work. You'd yeah. be Chewie. Well, that's what I said. Cause well, I'm he's hairy. taller, but well, you're Well, he's hairier. taller. And I said, you know, I'm pretty... And, and Dennis's response, I said, I said, well, see, you could, I could be Han and you could be Chewy because you're taller mm-hmm. and the height would work. But then I said, but I'm hairy. And Dennis goes, well, I'm, I'm pretty hairy, too. <laughs> he was kind of like, I could be Chewy. And I'm just like, that's pretty that's cool. A little, bit, a little bit more information than I <laughs> needed about Dennis. But, yeah, I said know, that in my music right. class the other day. So I was off for running the kids... The, some of the track kids, he says, you were running in shorts. I'm like, it was good. It was cold. I said, it's good. It puts hair on your chest. And all the girls were like, eh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Awkward children. Yes. Awkward children, awkward teachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very quickly, before we get into our, the rest of our new movie news, um, since I'm talking about movies that are, that are coming up, um, next week, our next week's show is going to be the Superman 80th anniversary show, where I'm going to talk about Superman the entire time. Cool. If anybody else wants to join in, feel free. Right. Um, and then to finish off the month of April, we are taking a look at Return of the Killer Tomatoes and Tapeheads. Which I'm assuming you've seen neither one. Neither. Is this the catch-all month? Yeah, this oh, is the, okay. this is the month right. that I was just like, I don't know where to put uh, these. Let's just call it April, let's get weird. So this is the April, let's get weird month. I, it mm-hmm. works, man. This is, the, this is totally the month that I was like, I, I don't know. And we've got the princess. Where do you, She's in another castle. I, um, um, I, I didn't know where to put Last Temptation of Christ. And I yeah. didn't know where to put Dead Ringers. Yeah. I, you know what I should have done? I should have put Dead Ringers with twins. Yeah, because they were going to do with the Originally, Dead Ringers was called Twins. That's and right. they, they bought the rights to the name of that movie so they could use it for right. the Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movie. I've slowed down uh, the lightning round. I'm going to take my comments off the No, air. that's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the lightning round. Uh, so solo trailer. Yes. Awesome. More. Uh, Terminator 6. So they are continuing forward to make a Terminator 6. And I was like, hey, you know what? Terminator, I, I love the Terminator movies. I've been fine with the ones that they've made. Do I think that they're all the greatest thing that's ever been done? No. But there were bits and pieces to these movies that I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. I, think, I think you and I were talking about that, that uh, Terminator Genesis. Yeah. I like the idea of them sure. messing with the timeline, like jumping back and being like, it's, it's 1984. There's a T-1000 in 1984. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And it's like fun. messing with all that stuff. You're a fan of the franchise. So apparently they are wiping all those out. Oh, good. And the new... (laughs) Great, grand, wonderful. (laughs) Everything is awesome. Mm -hmm. So they're going to wipe those out, and their Terminator 6, which doesn't have a name yet, Mm -hmm. um, will be a direct sequel to Terminator 2. Oh. And I was kind of thinking that maybe at some point they would just be like, hey, you know what? Let's just get all new people. Like, no more Arnold. No more John Sarah Connor. Let's just do something totally different. Uh, Apparently not. Okay. So yeah. they are, but James Cameron, the guy that did the originals, yeah. he's coming back for Terminator Six, and they are going to pretend as if those other ones never happened. And apparently, Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming back, and Linda Hamilton is coming back. Cool. So she's hey. going to be playing a thirty years older Sarah Connor. Oh, perfect. In this, so I, I don't know what they're doing with the story, but they kind of did that with Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm more right Terminator, more better. I like I like Superman yeah. Returns, but I know a lot of people didn't. But uh, so they have some other people. I don't know who this person is because I don't watch the TV show Scream Queens, uh, but an uh, actor named Diego Bonetta has been cast as possibly the lead actor okay. uh, in the movie. But uh, that I had not seen that Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton were going to be in it, so that was I was like, well, yeah, that's well, interesting. Didn't know that that was happening. Wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so there's that one. Um, the, is this the last one I got? Uh, this is the last one I got that's movie-related, um, and I always mess up his name when I try to say it out loud. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi is uh, the guy from... He was um, uh, Flight of the Concords, uh, did the What We Do in the Shadows. Um, he also directed Thor Ragnarok. Okay, that's where I know the name. Yeah. It's the director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is working on the live-action Akira movie. Oh, so interesting. That, to me, is interesting because... Um, I, I don't know. I don't see Akira as... I, I see him as a comedy director like I, yeah. I loved Flight of the Concords and I loved What We Do in the Shadows and have you ever seen that one no I think you'd like that one okay um, I think it's on it might be on Amazon Prime now okay so, What We Do in the Shadows yeah okay yeah. I will check it um, 
So those, very, very good. I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was an excellent Incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Thor movie, maybe not so much. And yeah. I thought that some of the comedy was a little overdone. Right. It was like the it was like comedy like Guardians of the Galaxy, but almost too much. Right. We, so we, yeah, yeah. So I'm a little worried about him doing Akira because I don't see Akira as being very comedic at all. Okay. And I worry that he's a comedy director and that he will try to put too much comedy into it. Yeah. I, I'm okay with a little bit, but. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. I don't know how. I, I would be curious to see what he does with it. They're not going to call me to direct it, so, and rightfully so, because I've never directed a movie. But Right, and that might be a big you know, step up there for that. Right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they've just kind of, they've, they've started working on it. They, I mean, they just, there's not been a whole lot of news coming out, and it's still probably several years away. So, um, apparently also they're going to be focusing on adapting the book and not the movie. So there are definitely differences between the two of them. He wants this to be more of a faithful adaptation of the original comic. Okay. As opposed to adapting the movie. So. Gotcha. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, last of the lightning round. I went to C2E2 this last weekend. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Talk about your experience. It was a lot of fun. Crowded. Lot of um, it was, you know what? Friday wasn't bad, but Friday is never bad. Right. Friday, you know, being a weekday, it's usually pretty calm and quiet, especially first thing in the morning. And I always go the entire day. Like, I get there yeah. way early before it even opens. Um, it was great. Uh, Saturday, insanely busy. Like, probably the busiest Saturday I've ever seen there. Cool. And uh, made it very, very difficult to move around. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. But it's okay. That was not cool. You went um, with family both days? Or? I, you know what? Normally, it's just me and maybe my uh, brother and his fiance would go with me on Saturday, and this time, as like an extra Christmas gift, I took John with oh, me fun. on Saturday, um, which worked out fine. I mean, he's he's 10. It's a huge place. It's at McCormick Place yeah. in Chicago. It's a huge thing. Um, you know, at age 10, he's old enough now that I was like, he's like, well, you know, just around the corner was that one uh, Lego shop. Can I go take a look at their Legos real quick? And I was like, yeah, come back in like five minutes. Check in with me or stay in this aisle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when, when we get to the end of the aisle, just if I'm not there yet, stand and wait for me and, you know, we'll, we'll meet back up again if we get separated. Yeah. So a little bit more of letting him kind of explore on his own. Yeah. You know. Cool. At, at age 10, I figure, yeah, you're good. You're fine. Um, everybody dresses up. Well, not everybody dresses up, but everybody in my family. We, we all dress up now. Um, and uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like half the time, I just go to see the other people in their costumes. Right. Like some of these people sink a ridiculous amount of time and money into their costumes yeah. and they're very elaborate and um, I've been sharing some of the pictures through our Twitter account and our Instagram account and all that. So Cool. Um, I'll have to show you some of them later. But, yeah. Uh, my main thing though is I have been working on getting more um, sketches done. Yeah. And I had a couple of guys do some Rocketeer sketches for me so my collection of Rocketeer sketches has That's cool. expanded now. And I actually wore my Rocketeer costume I saw the picture and it was outstanding. And uh, so it's funny, it was as I'm walking up and down the artist area, um, there were several artists that were like, oh my God, Rocketeer, can I take a picture with you? Yeah. And like, so, and and it's not one, the reason I wanted to do that is because I love the Rocketeer, but also I had not really ever seen anybody do that costume. Yeah, it's kind of fun. This year I saw four other people. Oh! (laughs) So I was like, this is great. This is cool. uh, There was one lady Rocketeer. Um, I didn't see her there, but I saw a picture posted up later. Uh, there was a lady rocketeer, and there was myself, and there were two other, at least two other uh, rocketeer. men rocketeers. Yeah. Men. And, uh, men. And um, 
Then when the whole family went on Sunday, uh, Sharon was dressed as Rocketeer from the movie, Rocketeer's girlfriend, Jenny. Yeah. Um, we yeah. decided yeah. to go with movie Jenny and not comic book because comic book is Betty, which is Betty Page. Right, right, right. Dresses slightly differently. Right. Um, you know, with which Sharon was not comfortable dressing that way. Yeah. And she gets very cold anyway, so I think, you know. Dressing like a comic book more, lady? More, more, I can't more, imagine more, why. More coverage <laughs> is, is better yeah. when you get cold. I can't so. imagine why a human being, you know. Wouldn't want to dress like a comic book character? Yeah, or I mm-hmm. should say why why a real mm-hmm. uh, uh, woman would. An would actual want person? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, and Jenny's just a yeah. little character. Like, you, you don't mean you mean you don't want to just be in your underwear and wear a rocket pack yeah, on your back? Exactly. And then, no, exactly. okay, that's right. not the. Skull. Um, next year we might go the other way. Like I might have her be the rocketeer. I'll be Jenny. That would be cool. <laughs> that's never going to happen. I just, yeah. Um, and then my mother-in-law was uh, a Star Trek uh, character, and we refer to her as the uh, senior officer. The senior officer. Senior officer. That's cool. She has a cane that she walks with, and she'll attach her phaser to the top of her cane. Yeah. And yeah, that's good. Um, so it's a fun time. If if you you know, I don't care if you live in and around Chicago, if you want to go to a convention like that that is comic books and movies and TV shows and all kinds of pop culture stuff, um, that type of thing, this is a fun one to go to. I don't know how it compares to other kind of mid level conventions. It's not a San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I've I've mm-hmm. talked to people who have been to San Diego and they're like, yeah, no, it's not even anywhere near the size of San Diego. I don't think it's even near the size of New York. New York, mm-hmm. I think, is probably the second biggest. Um, but there's other ones that go on throughout the year. I would think that C2E2 is probably somewhere around that, like, third biggest, okay. maybe somewhere in that range, but okay. it's definitely not San Diego. So if anybody's okay. thinking, like, ah, I'd like to go to San Diego, but it's too crazy and too much, um, C2E2 is a good one. Yeah. And it's, you know, the tickets are not too bad. Um, it's not difficult to get around. Cool. It's a good place to go. So, cool. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait till next next summer. Or not next summer, next uh, March. They've already put up the dates. It's going to be March uh, instead of April, so we're all good. There it is. I just got to figure out what my, what my costume is next time. I'm thinking of taking the Rocketeer costume mm-hmm. and mixing it with the Blues Brothers. So having, like, maybe a Blues Brothers suit with the, with the tie and then the Rocketeer helmet and a sign that says something like, I hate Illinois Nazis. That could be kind of fun. Hey, I might not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. There okay, you, go. you know. <laughs> uh, the other one I thought of was, um, uh, oh man, because in the Rocketeer movie, when he tells his girlfriend that he's like, he's like, Jenny, I'm the Rocketeer, and she goes, the Rocka who? And, you know, you know. Don't you Jeff, really Jeff will always, yeah, yeah Jeff will always say that. But the Rocka who? What I'm thinking is, I might do like the Rocketeer helmet and then dress like Doctor Who. <laughs> and there just have go. like a, a, a label on me that's like, I'm the Rocka who. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's cool. So I'm trying to come up with maybe some clever that's ideas. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And that's the crowd Cause that, that, cause that Rocketeer, that. Yeah. And that Rocketeer leather jacket got a little warm after uh, yeah. being in it for the entire yeah. day. The entire two days that yeah. I was doing that. And was that the one that you got was like the official? It No. It's, it it's, as cl- it's, it's what I could afford. Right. Okay. <laughs> as, a close to, as close to as official that would fit me. Well, Because I'm not it, a small person. And so. was it the official like, like a full-on aviator jacket? Yes. And, yeah. With yeah. The official... That and the official rocket pack. Like, my rocket pack was, and again, I, I just started it and realized I'm not a handy person. This is going to look horrible if I try to finish this. So Sharon, the more crafty person of the two of us, uh, helped me finish it. And uh, mine was made out of uh, two two-liter Pepsi bottles, um, some bigger oatmeal containers, and a scope bottle. And we put it all together in a creative way that made it look like the rocket pack. Yeah. As close as we could get to Paint the it? rocket pack. 
Yeah, okay. yeah, spray painted silver and gold yeah. and all that stuff, and uh, covered in a little bit of plasti dip, so it Did looks a little bit more. Did you put a lot of gum on it? You know what? I was going to, and I completely forgot to. Yeah. See, that would just tick me off because I, I, you know, I would have had that shell. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah. Yeah. Not not having the gum. No, yeah, yeah. Like the gum on there was like a thing for me. Like I saw it. And oh, I know. Like, Is he gonna fix it? Is he gonna fix it? Is right. he gonna fix it? You know. Yeah. So, no, I, so I, I almost did. I almost yeah. did, and then I forgot about it. Yeah. But yeah. But it was a good time. Good times. Um, all right, that's it. For yeah. the lightning round. Lightning yeah. Round. Lightning round over. It was good. So, I tried um, to keep. You know. Cool. Now you're you're good. You're good. Did you have anything for the lightning round? <sighs> anything else come up? Uh, real quick, Tammy, we are into season two of Stranger Things. Nice. She's all in. She loves it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think it made her brave because okay. I pulled up season two of Ash and oh. I started watching that oh. and Tammy comes in and she's just like, I, I I don't get it. So is it scary and funny or is it funny and scary or is it, and I'm just like, and she's watching this with me and I'm kind of like. You know, Tammy, I don't I, think too hard. I said I, I hate to I hate to give you the 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 answer that all motorcyclists give, but mm-hmm. it's like if I had to explain it, you wouldn't understand. It. Mm-hmm. So, however, my brother and that's like dead ringers. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah that. And, well, and my brother mm-hmm. smashed his hand uh, with a hammer accidentally, mm-hmm. yeah. and yet it was swelled up. I would hope it's accidental. And there were like texts, and of course, you know, we were at the family east, the family Easter. We were at yeah. e- family. With my family for Easter, and of yeah. course the the WebMD people came out and said, "Oh, have you looked at this?" Uh-huh. And my brother's like, "He's kind of li- the shirt will be fine." But and so he launched a text to everybody this week, like, "Hey guys, guess what? You know, went in. You were all right. I've seen the doctor. It's all better." And my mom's like, "Oh, I'm glad you did." And he's like, "I'm just kidding. I haven't gone see the doctor. My hand's fine." <laughs> and so I sent the clip from Evil Dead Part Two, mm-hmm. where the hand first starts and like yes. he's smashing himself. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Dude, you better get that checked out, cuz." Mm-hmm. And it ends with the chainsaw in him. Who's laughing? <laughs> Who's now? laughing now? So I sent that out to the family. Uh-huh. And didn't get too many responses with that, but that's yeah. So there's I love that, that. I and love then that scene. Um, a farewell to arms. And yeah, and then the only other thing is I bit my tongue, and I think I took a chunk Why would out you of it. Do that? Well, I was eating something, and I bit my tongue, and I it all of a sudden I started to like taste blood, <laughs> and it was like so my tongue was like bleeding mm-hmm. all over, and you that's can't not good. you can't put a band aid on it. Yeah. So I've been like tasting blood for that, and so what I did was I'm you're just basically like, a vampire. Basically, mm-hmm. and it's like, I didn't, like, what do I eat? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and so I decided to watch the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation two-parter yeah. with the Klingon Civil War. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, that'll fit. There you go. You know? You so taste blood, you're watching Klingon. I'm not sure if I heard the cry of the warrior, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I bit a chunk out of my tongue. <laughs> so there it is. Mm-hmm. There's Pat's lightning round. <laughs> Pat's, the contribution of uh, Pat's lightning round is um, bodily harm. Bodily harm. Which, which actually fits with dead ringers. There it is. Okay, let's uh, get into it. Let's. What is the, uh, what's the Klingon food that's like Duh. the blood? Is oh, that... blood, bl- uh, there's blood wine? Yeah, there's blood wine. Roe cooked blood pie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's And yes, it's... I know all those without I looking. Said, Everybody, I blood pie, blood uh-huh. wine, roe cooked uh-huh. blood pie. Uh-huh. Um, well, I knew that, you know, I, I, I have a vague knowledge, a yeah. surface-level knowledge of those things, but I'm like, no, nah, Pat's going to remember that. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, what the heck was I watching? All right, so... Um, okay, so I was we, watching part of it on my phone because I was yeah. trying to get through the bloody thing, and I was, like, carrying it with me everywhere, cause it, and I, was, I went into the bathroom, and I'll not be afraid to admit it, that it was on my phone, and I dropped my phone in the toilet. Oh, while I was watching it, and John, I couldn't tell the difference between what was in the toilet and what was on the phone. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't how's, know. How's your phone doing? Oh, it's fine. That didn't oh, really okay. happen. I was just telling. Oh, you're just. 
<laughs> I got to be careful because I did have uh-huh. that one iPhone that I accidentally sent through the wash. Uh-huh. So okay. my phone is waterproof, though. Oh, nice. So while I would not like to test it in right. PCs. Right. I used to work at the Apple store, and we yeah. one time had to, we had somebody bring in a phone in a uh, fishbowl. <laughs> like st- with the fish still in the bowl. <laughs> and, and they were like... I dropped it in here. I was like, well, we can see that. Yeah, Why didn't you take it out? They're like, well, I just, I didn't want to disturb it because I thought maybe if I mess with it, then you can't fix it. This how, isn't how a many, body, okay? How many, <laughs> how many days has it been in the, fi- oh, probably like two or three. I couldn't get an appointment right away. I was like, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> you, you have what we call in the trade lovingly. A brick. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. This is the perfect place for you to buy a new phone. Oh, man. And we can take this out so that it doesn't harm your fish. Uh, all right. So, Dead Ringers, let's do it. Let's do I, I don't it. know that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Dead Ringers. I mean, it, we'll see. Because sometimes we're like, ah, this will be quick. And then we talk for three hours about yeah. something we didn't expect to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, our two movies this time, Dead Ringers and Last Temptation of Christ. So, Dead Ringers... Came out on the 23rd of September, 1988, rated R, with a runtime of 1 hour and 56 minutes. Directed by David Cronenberg, which explains why sometimes we have problems watching his movies. um, Because of his style and and some of his other things. Uh, He did The Fly, Crash, and A History of Violence. Uh, Produced also and written by David Cronenberg, who also produced Crimes of the Future and Crash. He also wrote the screenplay for this one and did so for Scanners and The Fly as well. Uh, this was also produced by Mark Boyman, who did produce The Fly and 1492 Conquest of Paradise. Uh, also written by, uh, another screenplay writer on this one was Norman Snyder. He also did Body Parts, Casino, uh, and Casino Jack, not Casino. Mm-hmm. That's a different movie. And then uh, Barry Wood and Jack Geesland wrote the Dead Ringers novel known as Twins. Cinema, not to be confused with the... Um, Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger Twins, which actually has a connection to this movie, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I'm going to get this name probably very wrong. Peter Shusitsky? Sounds good to me, man. Sounds good. Uh, Was the cinematographer for Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Empire Strikes Back, and Mars Attacks. And music was done by Howard Shore, who did The Fly, Big, and Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Uh, And I think The Hobbit movies, too. I think he did all of them. Yeah. Uh, budget for this one was $13 million. Box office was $8 million. Didn't make back its money for some reason. I can't imagine can't, why. can't imagine why. Jeremy Irons played Beverly Mantle and Elliot Mantle. He was in The Lion King, Batman v Superman, uh, Bivis Dodge, and he was also in the TV series The Borgias. Genevieve Bujold played Claire Niveau. She was in Coma and Anne of the Thousand Days. Heidi Von Paleski was Carrie. was in The Boys Club and Red. Barbara Gordon not to be confused with Batgirl, mm-hmm. uh, played Danuta. She was in Cube 2, Hypercube, and Skinwalkers. Shirley Douglas played Laura. She was in Wind in My Back and Lolita. And Stephen Lack played Anders Wolick. He was in Scanners and The Rubber Gun. Critical response for this one, Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 84% from critics. Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, Cronenberg, who has begun to emerge as a master of body-related horrific fantasy, clearly understands that a small amount of medical mischief can be more unnerving than conventional grisliness. She gave it a 4 out of 5. Roger Ebert from the Sun-Times said, the, this kind of, uh, the kind of movie where you ask people how they liked it, and they say, well, it was well made, and then they wince. And he gave it a 2.5 <laughs> out of 4. <laughs> Kind of agree with him on that one. Maybe. Yeah, I, that was, yeah, yeah. It was well made. Um, cinema score, this one got a C-, and Rotten Tomatoes gave an 82% uh, from the audience. It was nominated for Saturn Awards for Best Horror Film, Best Actor, Best Writing, Best Music, and Best Costumes. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Beverly Mantle. By every scientific measure, they are absolutely the same. They share everything. You haven't had any experience until I've had it too. Bev, you've got to try the movie star. She's unbelievable. Doctor, you've cured me. You mean to say there's two of them? They're twins, dear. I think we should drop her, Bev. You drop her. this to you, Kenneth. Doctor, I think there's something wrong with you. Patients are getting strange. What are they? For working on mutant women. From David Cronenberg, who in The Fly made the fantastic real. Get him out of here! Radical technology was required. Something radical is definitely required. Now, David Cronenberg makes reality ultimate fantasy. Dead ringers. Separation can be a, a terrifying thing. And uh, I have, like, a, a, what I've copied from uh, Wikipedia, the summary of this movie. I don't think I'm going to go through it. Mm-mm. I think all I'm going to say is uh, Elliot and Beverly, we, we start off the movie seeing them as kids, and they're having a conversation about human reproduction, and uh, they're, they seem to be very interested in it. And they make a comment about human reproduction and fish. Yeah. and Which is interesting, because I feel like that kind of keeps coming back through the rest of the movie. And then you skip ahead, and you see them in college. Yeah. And they're in college, and they've invented this device to be used uh, as gyne- as a gynecological tool. Yeah. It's easy for me to say. Um, and... Uh, and so then you see them later on in, I think that was 1967, when they were in, 1954 was when they were kids, and then 67 they were in college, and then it jumps forward to Toronto in 1988, and they are running their own practice, and they're dealing with kind of wealthier clients, and they have their own little private practice, and mm-hmm. and um, you kind of get the idea, played by Jeremy Irons, and uh, you kind of get the idea that one of them is obviously a little more confident than the other mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit more willing to be out there and be in the public eye, whereas the other one's a little bit more quiet and reserved and he's the more scientific of mm-hmm. the two. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so they kind, of run their, they kind of run their practice that way where the, the, one who's, the one who's more willing to be out in the public, he doesn't do so well with the patients. Like he doesn't interact as well with people as the other one does. Um, and you kind of get pretty early on that they have this practice of... The more confident one picks up the women and and brings them home for the for twin. lack of a better term breaks them in yeah and then on the second date passes them off to the twin and the twin then yeah. you know experience yeah. gets his experience in and and uh, you know that's how that yeah and that's how they um, that's how they go through life yeah and they even say a couple of times in there it's like you know I haven't I haven't done something uh, until you've done something I, I think the the wording yeah. was you know. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't effed yeah. Claire Niveau, then I haven't, or, or something like that. Yeah. And so the experience, like they they don't even consider an experience to have happened unless it's happened to both of them. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, we we go through then the rest of the movie, and um, you know things start to break apart a little bit when the that Claire Niveau yeah, they get character. The one kind of shyer, quieter one falls in love with her. The other yeah. one was just more interested in 
in like a one night stand kind of thing. So and then then things start to fall apart from there. Um, one thing I didn't know about this was it was actually based off of a true story. That it was based off of the lives of Stuart and Cyril Marcus, uh, who were gynecologists, mm-hmm. um, and they were found. Oh, I had it written down at one point. Um, they were found dead in their apartment in 1975. Mm-hmm. They were kind of they were twin gynecologists, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like um, you know wealthy, and their practice was doing well, and they had high end clients and and all that, and and they were both found dead from uh, barbiturate overdose or, or withdrawal. Um, and they were found like naked and partially decomposed in their apartments because they mm-hmm. had died and nobody just went to look for them uh, in 1975. And then a book was written on that. The book was called Twins, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a fictionalized account of, of yeah. them. And um, so then this movie is a loosely based on the book, mm-hmm. Twins. This one actually was originally going to be called Twins, but then when they were making the Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, they actually asked if they could purchase that name because they thought that would be a great name for that movie. Mm-hmm. So the studio that did the comedy twins purchased that name, so they decided to go with with Dead Ringers for this one. Uh, a couple of the other things that I had here is um, the shots of the twins together on screen mm-hmm. was accomplished using one of the first computer-controlled moving mat photography cameras. Yeah. Uh, same kind of cameras that they used for some of the stuff with the original Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones Um to kind of record camera movements and have it repeat those movements as precisely as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, that was one thing about this movie that I did find, and that kind of goes along with my other last little bit of background info on here, is him playing both of the twins. Yeah. Like that, I, I feel like no matter what you feel about the movie, he did a pretty awesome job yeah. playing both of these characters. Yeah. Um, so the last background thing I have is that Jeremy Irons originally decided that he wanted to try to play these. He, he really wanted to get into the idea of being two separate people. Um, so he had two separate dressing rooms mm-hmm. set up for himself as, as an actor. He had two separate dressing rooms and two separate wardrobes. And depending on which actor he was playing at the time, he would go use that dressing room and that wardrobe. Right. And he would shoot his scenes as that character. Right, um, right. And, uh, you know, then he decided, you know what, I... I don't want to do it in this in this very outward way. So eventually, he said, "You know what? It's almost too confusing. Let me go back to having just one dressing room, one wardrobe, and I'm going to find little mannerisms that I can do that will kind of, you know, okay. the way I stand, the way I hold my yeah, body. Yeah, it was like the, the balls of the feet of one guy uh-huh. and the heels for the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's in terms of background. That's all I got for Dead Ringers. A um, couple things that I thought were kind of interesting about this movie is that David Cronenberg. Um, I mean, he's really known for the subgenre of body horror. And you see that a lot in The Fly. Back, back when we yeah. watched The Fly, yeah. it's kind of gross-out stuff. Um, and that's kind of what he was known for. And this movie, I think, because most of his movies afterwards are not that way. From this point on, from Dead Ringers on, it's, it's not really body horror like it was in his early stuff. It's more psychological yeah. type stuff. Um, I- yeah. I think if I frame this movie as, this is a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. I can be at peace with it and just say, okay, I, maybe it was a wonderful movie. It's just mm-hmm. not my genre. Right. Whereas before, I'm just like, Or it's a psychological crap. thriller or a... Yeah, yeah, whatever that is. I don't yeah. know. Like a Rami drama. 
drama a, a Rami drama. A, a Rami drama, or whatever you guys call that stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh, no. Rom, but, rom-com? Rom-com, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dramamine, is that what you said? S- something like that's that. That's not even a... Okay, that's, that's, not, that's not of a thing. That's what you take, like, that's what uh, you take when you're going in an airplane. This is what, uh, to calm me down, this yeah. is... Um, this, this they might have taken some Dramamine at one point in this movie. They, they, took, they took everything else. They so. did. And, and so that's the thing. Like, when I was first watching it, and I'm like, oh, this is, you know... A drama, or this is a. I was kind of like, eh. but okay, you're right. It's a horror movie, mm-hmm. so okay. Yeah, that's that's all I gotta say. About okay, it. <laughs> it's a so now movie. you feel a little bit better. I feel a little better. Okay. Like I can. Well, I just don't want to be the guy that hates everything. Right. Well, and I, I had never seen this movie. Like this is the first time I'd ever seen this movie. Never saw it, and all I kept hearing was this is an amazing performance by Jeremy Irons. And David Cronenberg, the director, you know, a lot of people will say it, it, it didn't necessarily, I don't think it got well received when it came out. But since then, people have started to say this is his best movie. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is probably his best movie. And I really like The Fly. Like yeah. when we watched that one, that was probably what, a couple years ago, a year yeah. and a half ago. Um, I like The Fly. It's disgusting as heck. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff where he like eats the donut and then pukes it up and, and you know, arm wrestles the guy and like breaks the bone yeah. through his arm. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Or body parts are falling off. And yeah. It, that's his. That was his usual fare like, mm-hmm. in his first round of movies, and this is kind of like I said. I think this is where he's kind of reaching a turning point where he's like, you know what, we can have some gross out stuff, but instead, let me make you feel uncomfortable in different ways, and let's make it more of a mental discomfort than an actual physical discomfort. Um, yeah. But I will say, later in the movie, when he creates his own uh, instruments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the moment I saw those instruments, I'm like, oh, oh dear Lord. <laughs> and and, that, and that's and, nothing and, good is going to come from. And this. he was like, just gone. He was nuts at that point. He oh was yeah. Just like women are not cr- created the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and I gotta it's be. It's not honest, the instruments. He, it's the body. Yeah. yeah. It, and I'm just gonna come right out and say this: when he was examining that, the one patient, yeah. and was starting to become unhinged. Mm-hmm. I got really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. as everyone should. Mm-hmm. But here's the one difference. The hashtag Me Too movement the, mm-hmm. that really affected me with this. Like I'm watching okay. this, and it's just like, here's some psychopath that's mm-hmm. going nuts, and this woman is, you know, and now is he taking advantage of her? And he's, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what he's doing. Because mm-hmm. and and so that really, I I found that a little bit revolting. Mm-hmm. To be honest, later well, in the it, surgery, it, it went scene, well. It went back to the very beginning when they when they created that device. And they were still in school, and the one professor looks at it and he goes, "This might work on a cadaver, but it'll never, you know, it's it's not meant for a real person." And then you kind of had that where he's like, "Wait a minute!" He's talking to his brother afterwards. He's like, "Wait, whoa, whoa! You use this on a patient? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not meant to be used. No wonder it hurt." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I don't even know what they were doing. No, I know. You know, <laughs> but I mean, it's like that. That I was like, this is a little bit much. Mm-hmm. Like I, that that crossed the line for yeah. me. And I think it's just you know. All this stuff is coming to the forefront now where women, girls, boys, men, you know, mm-hmm. have been abused in all these different settings. That one scene I found particularly yeah. revolting. So if I'm looking at the movie with modern glasses on mm-hmm. old, yeah, you know, we've yeah. we've had the enough of that stuff. That, mm-hmm. that was hard to watch. The, well, surgery, but, the but, surgery scene yeah. where he goes nuts and they pull him out of there and, he, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that didn't bog me as much. It okay. me bother me as much that yeah. didn't bug me as much because it was like okay the guy's going nuts he's cutting her up let's hold yeah. him down let's take care of him yeah, yeah that scene with the examination 
that was rough. Oh, yeah. That was, mm-hmm. that w- w- were, yeah. 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 That, that was, was like end of Braveheart levels of rough for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't see what's happening, but you just you. It's almost seeing the other person's reaction. Yeah, it's like at the end of Braveheart. You know, when I remember the first time watching that, you can't see them that they're cutting him open. You know, trying to get him to confess at the end of that movie, but you see what's going on around him, and you see like his expression and like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and not actually a lot of gore in this movie like mm-hmm. not a lot especially compared to the fly and some of his yeah. earlier stuff um you know not a lot of blood and gore in, but the times that it is used it's just enough that it's like oh man yeah <laughs> that's not i mean you you had the scene where he's dreaming yeah and him and his brother are yeah. attached and yeah. she goes to like bite the yeah okay <laughs> and, and it's uh, yeah yeah. And then when they start getting messed up on drugs, and the one guy yeah. got messed up on drugs because the girlfriend got messed up, was on drugs a little bit. She yeah. Was a recreational user. Yeah. And then he got, like, way... And then he's messed up. Then his brother's like, I'm... A, then he started doing drugs because right. everything that goes in my brother's body has got to go in mine. Right. right. It's not... We haven't experienced it until we both experienced and it. And I got to be yeah. honest, I kind of checked out with the movie and I came back. <laughs> but then I looked yeah. and it was like... Now he's messed up. Right. And the one guy that was the nut job was almost more sane because the other guy was so mm-hmm. strung out, right? Yeah. And then they're both strung out and it's just like Well it reached oh. a point where it reached a point where it's like, I, I can't really tell the difference between the two of them anymore. Yeah. And maybe that's the point. Yeah. Maybe that's the point. Maybe this is a this might for anybody listening, it's like, well, you need to watch the movie two or three times. Not that not gonna okay. happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not gonna I have plenty of other things I need to watch or, or feel like I'd like to watch. I'm not going to go back and give this one a second viewing, Naga. but um, I, I appreciate that there are that there are things that I probably missed. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it is intense. Yeah, it was. It was, and, and I got to be honest with you. Part of it, I was just bored. Like yeah. the beginning of their talking about stuff, it was just like, my gosh, this. I, here's another one of your. Here's a pull from one of your favorite movies. My God, they, they play this to insomniacs that don't respond to strong medicine or <laughs> strong drugs. You yeah. know, it was just like, yeah. And they just got weird. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, so I'm sure there's greatness. I'm sure there's, I mean, the the the, the acting, Jeremy Irons, oh, yeah, was Jeremy Irons amazing. Was, yeah. But, uh, yeah. He, and he was actually quoted somewhere saying this may be what he considers his best work mm. in this movie. Well, and I can believe that. I mean, yeah. that's, it's, it's probably pretty intense to have to try to play two different, and you're not, you're not two completely different characters. Yeah. I feel like it'd be easier to play two completely different characters than it would be to just say, hey, we need a subtle difference between these two twin brothers mm-hmm. so that the audience is not always 100% sure who is who. Yeah. But you, you like, don't play them to extremes, yeah. but we need you to, we need the audience to be a little bit confused, but enough so that we can kind of tell the difference between which of the brothers is which. Yeah. So... One of the and actually one of the lines in the movie I thought probably was the director summing up his movie and maybe kind of like how he felt about it. There was a line in the movie where he's talking to uh, the I think it was Claire, the patient, and he says, "I've often thought there should be beauty contests for the insides of bodies." And I was like, "That's kind of interesting." And, and then I thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, I "Wonder if that's the director? If that's the director saying like, hey." You give Oscars to all these movies that follow a formula or, you know, they have beautiful actors in them and they have all this stuff. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a director who's really going to try to make you think mm-hmm. and make you, like, I want you, 
my art is going to make you uncomfortable and it's going to provoke mm-hmm. you to think about the human condition and the you know human sadness and jealousy and obsession and and all and so maybe maybe this kind of movie is more valuable yeah. than the others like I, I heard that line in the movie i'm like hmm i wonder if that's a little dig at uh Mm-hmm. At the Oscars or it, at the you know those those different organizations and, that he knows he's probably never going to get right. <laughs> never going to get recognition from them and and honestly though and I, you know not to disparage his work mm-hmm. he's you know made millions and the kudos and I've made any movies but see for me why don't you explore that and come up with a story of it doesn't even need to be a happy ending or a story of hope but give us something to give us a message to go off with mm-hmm. this just seemed to be horror. Mm-hmm. So that's okay, you know, I mean... And I think that's kind of a theme of his, is that things don't end well. Yeah. I think that's in most of his movies, and I, I will not I will not say that I've seen a ton of his movies, but the ones I have seen, it never quite ends well for yeah. the main characters. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay, don't be jealous. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see, uh, he, I think like some of his regular themes that show up are like the idea of love triangles, uh, obsession, jealousy, and tragic death, which mm-hmm. this movie has all of those. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to disparage it. No, I don't yeah, want to be that yeah. guy, but it, it just, that, I, I came away from it saying... Not your cup of tea. Yeah, I probably won't yeah. watch it again. My life's not that much more positively or negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm shrugging. Do you... Uh, but you, the toilet comment was a little harsh. I was I was going for the cheap thrill. That's, that's fine. That's fine. The cheap humor. That's fine. Um, do you know where the term... Uh, totally un- Well, not totally unrelated. Do you know where the term dead ringer comes from? Um, you know what? No. Tell no. me. Inform me. So what they used to do when they, when they would bury people, mm-hmm. they would have a problem of burying people alive. And so what they would do at, at some points uh, was they would take... Uh, like sometimes if you dig up graves of people from, you know, like 150, 200, whatever years ago, they would take, like, these little pins and they would stick them through the person's toe just to see if they woke up. Um, but uh, at one point, they would bury people, and just to make sure that they hadn't accidentally buried somebody alive, they would put little bells up on the ground, and they would, like, a series of strings like down into the casket mm-hmm. so that if the person somehow like woke up and they had been buried alive like maybe they were just in a coma and they didn't mm-hmm. recognize that they were not fully dead um that they could ring the bell and let somebody know hey i you made a mistake i've been buried alive so then the person who if you see a person who looks like someone that has died and they look exactly like that other person they call them a dead ringer Okay. Because then you know, it's like, oh, hey, that guy must have. That looks just like the guy that died last week. You know, that's he cool. must have. He that's must have cool. come back. And even so, that's actually where the phrase "dead ringer" comes from. I wonder how the instructions got passed now. Was that, hey, if you ever wake up, <laughs> you can't turn over, and you think you're buried alive, just reach for a string and Pull start string. pulling. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. Um. Plug a. Uh, I'll plug another little podcast here. This podcast called Lore. If you've heard of this one or not, it's actually a uh, series now on Amazon Prime. And uh, the guy who does it, his name is Aaron Mankey. And John has actually gotten kind of gotten obsessed with this. I don't know if it's a good thing that he's listening to it, mm-hmm. but it's all stories kind of like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, here are creepy things that have happened in the history of the world. And like stories of 
hauntings or of people being buried alive and, and like weird stuff um, spirit photography where people would like take pictures mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and ghosts would show up in the picture and just you know, scary stuff like that presidential well, elections yes yeah um, and uh, <laughs> welcome to the 30 something political sorry, podcast sorry sorry <laughs> everybody I'm so sorry. sorry no I get what you're saying scary ghosts not as sorry as the rest of us um <laughs> but uh, it's a really good podcast, and and John has actually kind of gotten obsessed with this, and, and I'm like, hmm, I don't know, if, I don't know if this, I don't know if it's the greatest thing that you could be listening to, but you're interested, and, and it's actually caused him to like go to the library and like pick up other books on yeah. like you know scary stories, and so he's in that age that's like he's interested in scary stuff now, yeah, not too scary because there will be times where he's like. Dad, I want to. I want to listen to. Can I? Can I fall asleep listening to the lore podcast tonight? I said, no. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But you can. If we're riding in the car or something, I'll put it on in the car, and that's fine. And and uh, like one of the other times, he he came downstairs and he's like, Dad, I I didn't listen to you, and I was listening to an episode of Lore while I was doing my homework. <laughs> I can't sleep on my Chromebook, and and I I can't sleep now. <laughs> like, okay, Dad said no for a reason. All right. You okay, know. but you got to go down in the basement mm-hmm. and count to thirty. Right. <laughs> and, um, no, just don't open your closet, okay? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, the creature that lives in there will get you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, anything else we feel like we need to say about Dead Ringers? No. Has it all been said? Yeah. I, <laughs> or at least all we're gonna say. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm glad that the guy. Are you glad it's over? I'm, I'm glad it's over. It okay. wasn't wasn't my movie. Okay. Jeremy Irons, great job. Yeah. Um. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel Steven or not Steven Spielberg um, uh, Lucas uh, um, <laughs> the movie reviewer from Chicago <laughs> you've narrowed it down to oh Roger Ebert <laughs> Roger Ebert <laughs> Steven Spielberg right. George Lucas I was going to start listing Abraham Lincoln like, Ron right. Howard <laughs> Roger is this the it. is this the old Johnny Carson thing where he puts on the he puts on that hat yeah. and he holds up the envelope? Uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. That's right. <laughs> Batman. That's right. And uh, the uh, Secondary Education Act of 1972. <laughs> what so, do they have in common? So so <laughs> that was a um, bad Johnny Carson. That didn't work. Well. It worked. It worked for me. Okay. So going back, the the movie re- uh, the movie reviewer. Um, Roger Ebert. Harold Arlen. Harold Uh, Ramis. He said it best. Yeah. This is the movie that you kind of wince and go, "Uh, It was well made. It was well made. Yeah. (laughs) Question mark. uh, uh, I'm Ron Burgundy? Yeah. 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 Siskel hit it out of the park with that statement. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. That was Dead Ringers. That was Dead Ringers. Are you... Yeah. Okay. Have you found the healing love of Jesus? (laughs) Are you yes. are you about to? Are you about to? I'm about to. All right. Well, our next segment, we're we're on a mission from God here. Well, isn't and, that uh, special? <laughs> could it be mm, Satan? Satan? Um Satan resembles a, a gas leak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next one is the last temptation of Christ. I'm gonna do a because I'm, I'm be- gonna do, let you do the intro and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do, I'm gonna suck down the water. Oh, you go for it. Go but for you were gonna say something. I, gonna say no, it. I was just gonna say because these movies fit so well together. It's crazy. It's, it's April. April, crazy April. Okay. April Fools. <laughs>
Uh, movie number two is The Last Temptation of Christ. It came out on the 12th of August, 1988, rated R, with a runtime of two hours and 44 minutes, directed by Martin Scorsese, who also did Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, and Raging Bull, uh, produced by Barbara Defina, who did Goodfellas, Hugo, and Casino. The writer for this one was Nikos Kazantzakis, who did the novel. He died in 1957. He also did Zorba the Greek and He Who Must Die. Paul Schrader did the screenplay. He did Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Cinematography by Michael Ballhaus, who died in 2017, did Goodfellas and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Music by Peter Gabriel, who did Rabbit Proof Fence, Rabbit Proof Fence and Birds Like Us. Budget was $7 million, and the box office was $8.9 million. Uh, Willem Dafoe played Jesus. He was in Platoon, Shadow of the Vampire, and Spider-Man. Harvey Keitel played Judas. He was in Taxi Driver, Thelma and Louise, and Pulp Fiction. Paul Greco played a zealot. He was in The Warriors and Crocodile Dundee. Verna Bloom played Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was in Animal House and High Plains Drifter. Barbara Hershey did Mari Ma Mari? Way back it up. Mary Magdalene. Uh, she was in Hoosiers and Black Swan, as well as uh, Hannah and Her Sisters. We did that one a little while back. Roberts Blossom, who died in 2011, was the aged master. He was in Christine and Home Alone. Irvin Kirshner, who died in 2010, was Zebedee. He was the director of The Empire Strikes Back, Never Say Die, and Robocop 2. Victor Argo, who died in 2004, played Peter. Uh, he was in Raw Deal and Ghost Dog. Harry Dean Stanton, who died in 2017, played Saul or Paul. He was in Alien and Repo Man. David Bowie, who died in 2016, played Pontius Pilate. He was in Labyrinth and The Prestige. Uh, Andre Gregory played John the Baptist. He was in Demolition Man and My Dinner with Andre. Peggy Gormley was Mar Martha, the sister of Lazarus. She was in North and 13 Conversations About One Thing. Randy Danson played Mary, the sister of Lazarus. She was in The Equalizer and The Scenic Route. And Juliet Caton was the girl angel. She was in Courage Mountain and Small Time Obsession. The critical response for this one was 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes is an 84%. It was also nominated for Best Director Oscar and nominated for Best Actress Golden Globe and Best Original Score. Martin Scorsese brings us a startling vision. An extraordinary story. The Last Temptation of Christ. Okay, so this is another one where I have the, uh, I have a like full-on description of this movie from Wikipedia that I've pulled up, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go through the whole thing. But um, we'll start off by saying this, this, movie, this movie has a kind of a disclaimer at the very beginning before the movie even starts that really says, you know, this is not the story of the Gospels. This is not, this is not your Jesus that you learned about in church. Um, that, that's not what this story is. And um, there's a little bit, of, little bit of background to kind of go along with that too. Um, there was... There was quite a bit of controversy around this movie before it even came out, and a lot of people boycotted theaters who chose to show it. Uh, there's actually one person that died um, because of some boycotts of this. Some people in France had set fire to a couple of theaters mm -hmm. that were showing it, and one person ended up dying because of it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, there was a, a conservative Christian group here in the United States that offered to pay ten million dollars for every print of the movie, including the originals, so that they could burn them. 
uh, and destroy them. And uh, I believe that Blockbuster Video refused to carry it just because of the controversy for a while, and, and eventually they apologized mm -hmm. to Martin Scorsese for that um, years later. So, yeah, so there's a lot, of, a lot of controversy. And, I mean, kind of, when you think about it, it's like, all right, look, you guys can't have been surprised that you wanted to make a movie like this and that... I don't think you should sit there and be like, oh, wow, we didn't know people would get upset about this. Yeah, don't really. Yeah. yeah, And I don't, don't think that the they did. I think they knew that it was going to be controversial. Yeah. But in some of the interviews that I've read and, and commentary that I've listened to, um, they were kind of like, well, we actually thought this was going to be more controversial than than the other stuff. I'm like, really? The, the one thing I remember in particular, like, well, we thought people were going to be really upset that we had Jesus doubting himself. We didn't think the him having sex with Mary Magdalene was going to be controversial. Like, okay. huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I, I get it yeah. because I, I can see there have been times where, you know, I, I've had discussions with people and the issue of, well, you know, a, a, a person like Jesus couldn't doubt. Like, that's not in his character. That's like... Well, were you there? Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't there. I mean, there is the Bible, and and I and I've read it, and and I you know I, I tend to believe it, and and uh, you know it's, I, I have my views on you know my my view just in my upbringing and and my learning is that I, I believe it to be true and and all of that, and that's my religious faith. But um, I, he he was according to my faith, he was both a man and God. So I kind of feel like there probably was some doubt there. So I don't have a problem believing that mm -hmm. Jesus had some doubt when he was going through this whole thing. It actually says a few times that he did struggle with this mm -hmm. stuff. So that part doesn't bother me so much. But I don't know how the filmmakers were like, oh, man, we thought that was what really was going to get people. But people were really tied up in the, you know, he had sex with three different women. I'm like, y no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you live in America? Because... Ah, so anyway, uh, so they, they do say up front, this is not the gospel story of Jesus. Um, and you kind of get from the beginning of the movie, um, you see that Jesus is, he is building crosses. You know, Jesus, much like his earthly father, Joseph, is a carpenter, and that he is building crosses for the Romans to use in crucifixions. And... It that in the first viewing of this that I had years ago, I was already kind of confused because I was like, "Well, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are, is this is this after? Is this supposed to be like an alternate reality where Jesus didn't go through with any of his stuff, and this is now like in in actual history he should have been crucified and killed by now, but now mm -hmm. he's making crosses for you know." to make up for not going through with it or so I was a little confused on that piece of it, but that's kind of where we meet him at the very beginning of the movie, um, that he is making crosses for the Romans to be able to use for all their crucifixions. Um, let me jump in. Let me kind of jump back for just a second. This is, this is not the first time I've seen this. So I've, I've seen this now probably three times. Um, before I get too much further into the story part of it, this is the first time you ever saw it. So yes. what are just kind of like initial reactions before we go you, through? <clears throat> you took the words right out of my mouth for the initial. I, I mean, it, okay, and I'm going to be concise so we can keep Yeah, going. go for it. Initial reaction was confusion, like, okay, where does this fall in the timeline? What's going on? Where does that, you know, fit in with the 
the stories that I've grown up with. That was my first reaction. I knew of the controversy and all that surrounding it, and I remember growing up and hearing about that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie all the way through. I'm not going to judge until the end. I'm not going to, you know. Um, getting done with I mean, and I understand they can say, well, this isn't, you know, based on the Gospels, so, you know, we're just going to throw this out there. Getting done with the movie, um, you know, there were parts of it that, oh, well, that was cool that they showed this aspect of it or they showed that aspect of it. You know, like... Um, him uh, stopping them from stoning Mary Magdalene, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You who's without sin throw the first stone. Yeah. That's that was cool to see that yeah. portrayed in reality, and and I I mean you know so just things like that that was kind of cool seeing that quote unquote brought to life mm -hmm. and brought to life in a non kid friendly version you know right. something that I'm not going to say is more closer to reality but you know things are dusty there's dirt, there's animals running around, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a sanitized look. So it's like, okay, well, that's interesting, and I'll give them that. That being said, I, the, the movie really fell flat for me because I didn't find it blasphemous, like, oh, dear God, what have they done? Mm -hmm. That is a That must be put away and packed away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think, you know, if something like that threatens my faith, then my faith isn't as strong as I thought it was to begin with. Mm -hmm. You get a contrary opinion that you find maybe blasphemous, okay, think it through, okay, I can just dismiss this because that's just not what I believe. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. Right. And that was kind of where I was at. On the flip side, uh, you know, I've read a bunch of people that thought, this is the greatest thing ever and this is the reason that I believe and I didn't mm -hmm. believe before, now I believe it. I didn't really have that kind of a religious experience with it yeah. because it, it fell short. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it would show you the miracles or it would show you different parts of the Bible story and then it would stop short of letting that inform or, or helping to inform your life. Like it stops short of showing why that that's important and how that fit in with the overall message or if there was an overall message. And that was kind of, that was what I struggled with and not even struggled, just kind of found that's a little flat with the movie. You know, he, in, the, in Gethsemane, he heals the ear. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, well, that's yeah. interesting how they, the special effects of him just kind of putting the ear back mm -hmm. on. All right, that's cool. But then that was it. Like, w the rest of the movie was, you know, it, it didn't show, like, well, wh what does that signify? Well, they turn the other cheek. Treat your enemies as yourselves. I need to go through this. We're not going to stress. You know, all, all of that piece. Now him just yelling out, it's about love, every mm -hmm. couple of, you know, minutes. That's... Again, you get this little scene, you know, you get the little, you know, the, the, the Twitter blurb or the, the mm -hmm. bumper sticker version of it. Here's the scene and the quick quote, it's about love, but explain to us, like, how does that, you know, carry that over into the, into the, the, the into a bigger context? Um, so, so that was where the movie fell flat for me, was just, it was like, you're showing us these things and you're showing it almost within the context of it being magic not as in the basis for a morality. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, whatever your beliefs are and whatever you think, you know, I don't know if 100% of what's in the Bible is true. I don't know that it's not true. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I've got what I believe. But the important thing for me is how does that carry forward to me mm -hmm. today? And this movie didn't do much to kind of blip the needle one way or the other with that. It was so it 
and that way I just say it kind of fell flat. It's mm-hmm. it's not connecting the dots to the, you know, the the stoning of Mary Magdalene. You know, he who was without sin cast the first stone. Okay, well, yeah, let's let's look at that. You know, within a in a wider scope. Mm-hmm. In this case, it kind of appeared like well, he's trying to save his girlfriend. Yeah, that's cool for a story. That's cool for a movie, but that's not the. That's not the bigger story. He was trying to save humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm trying to... Yeah. I know that it's not based on the Gospels. I know that... Right. But you're not going to tell a story about religious figures, and I hate mm-hmm. to just you know, bring yeah. it down to that level, and expect that, you know, I can't turn my faith off to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, the little twists in there with the story, it's like... That's not the story, though. That's not what I've grown up mm-hmm. believing. Yeah. That doesn't mean that. Oh my God, I'm challenged, and I'm that's blasphemous, and I can't do it. Sure, you can put a twist in there, mm-hmm. but why? This I, I've seen that done in other stories and other books, and, and that's great. But in this story, there's a whole belief structure off of it. So if you're going to put a twist in there, then you got to stand up and say, "Here's the twist. Here's why we're completely wrong, everybody. We got to change the way we believe." Or just don't put the twist in there. I mean, when you're dealing with those things, that's going to be my reaction. Connect it to me. Give me some sort of a, a paradigm-shifting thought. Or give me something to, oh, really, that, that informs my life this way. Now I need to go this left as opposed to right. But they didn't do that. They just kind of showed it, and it was magic, and it was mystic, and then he's moving on. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking because I'm rambling. No. That was, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, this is, I've seen this movie a few times now, and I will say that the the first time I saw this movie, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I totally hated it. Like, had to watch it for a class that I was taking in college, and I will say, even though I, you know, I've grown up going to church all the time, like my whole family, that we just grew up and, and you go to church on Sunday, and that's, you try to live your life that way, and, and all that, and I will say that it was in college that I, you know, we, we had some had some issues happen at a, a church that we were at when I was in high school, like beginning of college, and so I, you know, kind of backed away from all that for a while and then kind of really came back to it in college. And so then I was, I was very, even though I'd kind of my whole life had gone to church and, and done all that and, and uh, really kind of had a renewed vigor for, for everything in college. And then I was in this class where the, the entire class was depictions of Jesus in uh, film and literature. It was like a religious studies class. That was, my, that was my minor in college. And so this class was depictions of a Jesus character in different books and movies and plays and, and art and things like that. And I think since I was a fairly immature Christian at that point, I watched this and I had kind of the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of the people who were like, oh, this is so offensive. This is, well, we need to burn all the prints of this movie. I remember watching the movie and thinking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's ridiculous. Why would you ever depict him doing that? when That is not at all. And you said that you said that you can't switch off your faith and watch this movie. Right. In a way, when I, I, a few years later, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this movie another try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it another try. And I 
I feel like I have grown in my faith to a point, and, and it's not to say that if, if you don't, if you choose not to, or you don't. Well, no, I, yeah, not, no, I'm no, not exactly. saying like I'm better than you are. No, no. Uh, even though we know that I am, but I'm, I'm of not course. Saying well, that, you got you know. a podcast, right? So, I got, I got, and I just you don't. don't. You're just. Yeah, a, I'm just you know, a guest. You know? <laughs> you're just a guest every week. Sure, no, because there was um, pizza. Yeah. Um, I kind of reached a point where as I watched the movie the second time. I'm like, you know what? I will. I will separate my belief from the character in this movie. Mm-hmm. I will look at this as this is either Martin Scorsese or, or Nikos Kazantzakis or, or, you know, the people doing this story, this is their exploration. Maybe, okay. and, and maybe part of it is that they, as an author and a, because I think Martin Scorsese at one point was going into the priesthood, mm-hmm. I think, if I remember that right, um, that maybe this is just them struggling through their faith and trying to come to an understanding of of Jesus, like as as many people do, um, you know, whether you believe or not, if you if you do believe, a struggle of all right, well, well, was he actually what he said he was, and if so, was he human? Was he God? Was he both? How do you understand if you believe that yes, he was equally human and God? Then how does that work? And, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so, the second time I watched this movie, I was like, let me just let me back off. And let me watch this as an outside observer who is just almost as if I'm looking at a piece of art. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't paint this art, so it's not my take on it. Yeah. But can I appreciate what they're, what the artist is trying to struggle through? Yeah. And so on my second viewing, I watched it. And I was like, you know what? I can't say that I like really love this movie. And, and I can't say that I necessarily even like this movie. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I watched it again is because I knew we were doing it for the podcast. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I might never watch it again. Um but there are parts of this movie that I'm like, you know what? That's interesting. And I can see what they're trying to work through and struggle through. And, you know, much like sometimes, you know, you and I are, and, and Dennis and like some of us will like, we'll sit around and we'll just debate stuff. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about stuff. And, and I think in much the same way, to me, that's what it seems like this movie is. It's yeah. a, I'm trying to come to terms with what do I truly believe about this character and this person. Um, and I think that either Martin Scorsese or uh, Paul Schrader, the, the writer, have said at different times, they're like, this is not, this is not Jesus. This is not the Jesus. This is a Jesus character. And that's, that's kind of just, that's what we wanted to explore Mm -hmm. was if you were to take the things that this man had to go through, um, how would that look if you put that on a person? Yeah. Like if he is more human than God, what does that look like for a person to have to deal mm-hmm. with? Which is why I thought at the beginning when he's having those seizures <clears throat> and he feels like, you know, he feels like God is just oppressing him and telling him, you're not doing what I want you to do. I have a plan for you. And you're willfully like almost like a, a defiant child. Not only are you not doing mm-hmm. what I've told you to do, you're building crucifixes for you're building crosses to like do the exact opposite of mm-hmm. what I want you to do. Um, and then the whole idea of him that once he does finally get it, once he's been in the desert and, you know, he's, he's gone on this journey to figure out who he is and, and what the purpose is and all that um, in, in the desert when he sees the, you know, the snake and the lion and the fire and the, all that stuff. And uh, he's not 100% sure whether it's God speaking to him or the devil speaking to him, but it could be Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, Then he comes out of that and then it's the scene you were talking about where he's just like, everybody, it's love. Mm-hmm. Love. And I'm watching it this time around, this being the third time I've seen this movie, watching this time around, those scenes I thought were, were actually really well done. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, you know, completely separating it from the, the, 
religious figure of Jesus that I believe in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Separating from that, looking at it as a piece of art that's exploring this idea, I'm like, you know what? That's actually really clever. Mm -hmm. Like because at the time, people would have thought that's absolutely insane. You know, it's you're an occupied people. You are people want revolution. Like people want the Romans to be overthrown with war and with mm -hmm. rebellion and you know that's that Judas and some of the other ones that's like you know that's what we got to do we got to fight mm -hmm. back and and to have this guy show up and be like the fighting back's not going to work it needs to be something more than that because if you, I think he says this in the movie too you know you know what if you if you kick out the romans they're just going to be replaced by somebody else so mm -hmm. rebellion is never going to solve your problem it might fix your problem temporarily but unless you unless you find something like love if we focus on love then that will solve everything. If we can get everybody to focus on love, that'll solve everything, but rebellions are never going to permanently yeah. fix your problem. So, you know, those kind of scenes, when I'm watching this, and how frustrated he gets mm -hmm. when he's like, everybody, it just would you just listen to me? Uh -huh. It's about uh -huh. love. The fighting's not going to work. The killing's not going to work. Love is what's going to fix it. And and I, I look at that, and I'm like, you know what? You see those stories of where he'll go and he'll preach to a group of people in the Bible, and they either try to run him out of town or people are just like, I don't get it. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like the middle school kid. After you've explained something three times, they look at you with that blank stare and they're like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing those scenes, I'm like, you know what? And that brings, not that I'm going to believe that, not that I'm going to believe what I see in this movie on the same level I believe something I read in the Bible, but I look at that and I go, I could totally believe that that's what it would have been like had you been sitting there watching this whole thing as an outside observer. Mm -hmm. That like he's trying to talk to people about love and about this is what the kingdom of God looks like and mm -hmm. the average person some of them are like oh yeah that, I like that that makes sense yeah but others are like you're a crackpot mm -hmm. go home you're drunk yeah <laughs> well and that was you know and I, I like that because it kind of in the in the bible or in a reading or in possibly other forms of media it will, might be kind of a little bit of a sanitized view when they present that. You know, it might just mm -hmm. be explained. He preached and there were people heckling. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're hearing that, you right. know, and it's, so it's like, oh, okay, that that was kind of a thing. You know, yeah. I believe that was kind of a thing, and they're yeah. they're putting this on the screen for you to consume, mm -hmm. you know, so that's yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the, then it gets to the point where he, you have some of the scenes that you see from the Bible. He goes through and clears the temple out, mm -hmm. knocks over all the tables and, and all that stuff. Um, you see the uh, the kind of interesting scene with John the Baptist mm -hmm. out in the uh, out of the river. Yeah, that's not exactly how it was uh, depicted in my uh, Sunday school books as a right. kid, but you know, right. Right. Um, it might have been a different time back then. Who knows? It could have been. Um, and and again, I, and I'm just going to ask. Yeah. What are we trying to show there? Is it something for art? And you know, you know, he ate locusts and wild honey mm -hmm. and lived out the thing, and he was kind of what you could describe mm -hmm. as kind of a hippie and all this kind of stuff. You know, like well, okay. And I wonder, and I wonder if that's not it. I wonder if it's not what you just said a minute ago. Was like when you read the Bible, sometimes what we are presented is a sanitized. Yeah, and and there are plenty of times in the Bible where it doesn't sanitize it, but we tend to gloss over that stuff. Yeah, and we're like, you know, the Bible says tens of thousands of people were killed or, or all this and we're just kind of like oh look it's a bible story yeah and I, I kind of feel like some of it was them saying hey look you know we're going to try to show you what this might have looked like in the real world mm -hmm. not just you know because sometimes the, the bible is not interested in details that's not the point of the story right um, so we don't always go into detail on certain things but you know 
Yeah. So here, maybe this is their attempt at saying, if, yeah. if we if you went back in time, warts and all, here's what that time period might have looked like. Right, and and I and that's that's the aspect of the movie that I I, I enjoyed. Yeah, was that the the warts and all piece. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that I I can't say I you didn't just, like you it. You wanted the message. <laughs> well, yeah, where it fell yeah. flat. Okay, what are you trying to say now? Yeah, I get the scene you're painting. What you know? What are maybe you... the message was? It's okay to struggle. Yeah, but I. I guess I've. I guess I've always heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, see, and okay, and maybe that, and maybe mm-hmm. like you said, maybe it's just like I'm sitting here trying to figure out my own reality. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese's doing the same thing. It's just that he is a phenomenal director and makes his own movies, and that's mm-hmm. what his thing appeared with. Right. I'm sure if I put my images out there, you know, if there was some machine mm-hmm. that could pull that image out and put and put yours, you know, next mm-hmm. to it, we could. There would be differences. Uh, have you watch Black Mirror? No. Oh well, you've described an episode of Black Mirror. Oh okay, <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. So, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to. I'm not a hater. I'm not yeah. like. But it's like. Okay, sure. Unless it's Dead Ringers, then you hate it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. It was, um, but then maybe maybe Dead Ringers just really worked, right? Maybe well, it was a really good movie if I if it engendered those reactions. Maybe, in maybe me. the fact that you were uncomfortable means it's the best movie ever. Yeah, yeah. Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was you know. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah. there. But that's kind of like when you're describing it, it's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I, and that's cool, and there's a different view, and and. And but it yeah. just doesn't strike a chord with you. It doesn't. It, it it just kind of it's it's. Nothing about the performances. Nothing, and and the great Martin Scorsese. I'm not questioning him, but it's like a soda. You open it up and mm-hmm. you leave it sit there for two hours. Okay, it's still a soda, but it's gonna be, mm-hmm. flat. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it flatlined for me because it was like, okay. Now let's widen the scope. What, what, are, you, what are you trying to say here? What What are you trying to say? Yeah. What's 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 your message? Okay. And maybe that's you're just trying to show the struggle. Well, okay. That's not that revolutionary for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not like you know. Okay, you're trying to show that the question of you know where was the line between he was a, a man, he was mm-hmm. he was God, and we're okay. That's that's something that I kind of only take. A passing interest with, mm-hmm. and again, I I, I want to separate the faith and and just be able to talk of the movie. But for me, my faith doesn't, my beliefs don't require knowing what percentage of human was he, what percentage of God. I find that curious. I find that interesting. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, that's something fun to think about. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, uh, you know, could he, could he shut off the pain? Could he, t- yeah. you know, I mean. You know, did he question? You know, there's all those things, but it's like, for me, it keeps coming back to okay, but that again doesn't change how I try to realize what mm-hmm. I perceive as message to mm-hmm. me. You yeah. know, does that does that make yeah. sense? It's like yeah, yeah. yeah well, and and what was funny was round about the same time as we were getting ready to watch this, um, they had that was it CBS I think did or maybe CBS or was it ABC one of the stations. On Easter Sunday, um, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. had the Jesus Christ Superstar live with John Legend and Alice Cooper and and a whole bunch of other people. Um, I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, my, I think my brother did, my sister did. Our family, like we, Jesus Christ Superstar, has always been like a, we, we've seen the musical on stage. 
uh, we've watched the movie before. Like that's a movie we'd watch a few times, you know, growing up. And um, I think my brother and sister performed in it cool. either at school or at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that was a bit of a controversy too, I think, because they might have done Jesus Christ Superstar at our church, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and people were like, hmm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but what was funny was I, I, I didn't want to watch the live one because I, I haven't liked some of the other live things that they've done for those TV uh, specials. Um, I've heard this one was very good. Like I, I've heard it, it went well this time and, and like mm-hmm. some of the things they didn't do well in the last few times they fixed for this one. But my thought was just, you know what, I, I, like, the, I like the 1973 movie version of it so much that if I want to watch it, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to mm-hmm. watch that. Mm-hmm. And so what's been interesting is there have been times going to C2E2 and then you know, driving down into the city for some stuff. I've put on the soundtrack and I've listened to it while I'm in the car and just kind of reminding myself of you know, singing along with it and doing all that. And it's much more... It obviously does not go in the direction of you know, Jesus marrying and having, trying to have a child with Mary Magdalene and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but it does bring in bits and pieces of the doubt like him doubting the mission and doubting whether or not he, you know, really needs to go through with this and um, and the relationship with Judas. And I thought that was kind of interesting that in the Bible you really don't get this relationship. It's it's like usually like Jesus and Peter. Mm-hmm. Like that's the relationship. Whereas in this movie and Jesus Christ Superstar, Jesus and, and Judas are the two main characters mm-hmm. in that. And actually, I, I would argue Jesus Christ Superstar, the musical, Judas is the main character. Mm-hmm. And he's the one kind of telling the story from his perspective. And and he has a lot of doubt in the musical. Have you ever seen the musical? I have. We're, all right. we're all taking the students to go see it this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, at some point, it, and if you if you need a copy of it, I think I have the okay. 1973 movie. I would, yeah, um, it I would is, like it is very out. much a 70s rock opera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they do a bit of wailing, and uh, it's very it's very kind of hippie-ish in, mm-hmm. in some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. And the idea being that like Jesus and his followers would have come across as hippies, mm-hmm. most likely. And um, But just the, the take on it, you know, Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar is like, hey, look, when you were getting people together and, and you're like, let's start this movement and, and let's teach people about love and, and let's start a revolution. And, you know, I was cool with that. But now that you're, now that you're saying that you're God and the son of God and like, uh, Rome is starting to notice you and, and this is not going to be a good thing. And you're going to get us all killed if you don't calm down a little mm-hmm. bit. And so, and Judas doesn't quite understand you know, he's very much like, you know, this Mary Magdalene, she's a prostitute. Mm-hmm. We don't hang out with prostitutes. And, and Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar is like, hey, without if you're without sin, throw the first stone. But mm-hmm. she's she's no more or less a sinner than you. So chill, mm-hmm. okay? I'm here with everybody. I'm, I'm here for everybody. I, I'm, not, I'm not just here for the pure and the clean. And right. I'm actually here for the ones who are not pure and clean. And Judas just doesn't get it. And, and that's kind of his motivation through the rest of the musical is... I don't get it. I think you are being self-destructive. I think you're going to get the rest of us killed. So for the sake of the Jewish people, for the sake of our movement, I'm going to turn you in to the authorities and, and, and you will be taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like you get to this movie and you've got that Judas-Jesus relationship where Judas is like, and I love the fact that like all the apostles have New York accents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then Harvey Keitel is... You crucified me in a dream. You better wake (laughs) up and apologize. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
Uh, you better wake up and get resurrected. That's um, but, you know, and, and that part, I was like, you know, that just, to me, that whole relationship is, you know, look, either either you do what you say you're going to do, and you start this movement, and we're going to rebel against the Romans, or I'll kill you myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like that kind yeah. of attitude. Yeah. And like, well, that's a very different Judas than what you normally hear. Because yeah. you really don't hear from Judas too much in the Bible stories. No. But he's very prominent in Jesus Christ Superstar and in this movie. Yeah. And it's then you get this picture of it's more of like it's more of like Judas is in charge of things, but he knows that he's more the 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 brawn. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the he's not the voice. He's not the person right. delivering the message. That's not his strength. He's more the, you know, I'm I'm gonna be the manager. I'm the I'm yeah. the guy that backs the talent. Yeah. And and you know Or kills the talent if he doesn't do what <laughs> And perhaps this movie is a is a way for the people that not to not to judge and say maybe I'm wrong you know with because I'm I probably am but I mean maybe this is a way for people to say yeah I don't know you know I'm not an atheist but I don't quite believe in all of this mm-hmm. church stuff and all that maybe there was a guy maybe it wasn't maybe it was a, you know who knows and who. You know, I had someone say one time that, you know, humans only use this much percentage of their brain. Mm-hmm. And they pass Some the, humans far less. And yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And this person said, maybe Jesus was someone that used 100% of his brain. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've talked about Star Trek. Well, yeah. in one of the Star Trek things, they explore faith and, and yeah. Deep Space Nine. And that's a big departure because Gene Roddenberry. Normally, Gene, yeah. yeah. And they explore faith and they explore it. And it, it's an interesting take. Again, I don't find it blasphemous. I don't find mm-hmm. it challenging. It's just very right. interesting that it was a group of, like, superpower aliens mm-hmm. um, that, like, this one planet worshipped as deity. Mm-hmm. And the the, in, the interaction kind of was the same. And, and it was like, okay, maybe that's it. Maybe mm-hmm. So maybe it's, it's, the, it's the thing, like, I don't believe that it's half God and half human. And it, it's like from the idea that everything kind of stems from... Mm-hmm. A God, and again, I'm trying not to get on a jaunt, and I am, boy, mm-hmm. I am not the guy qualified to be giving out <laughs> religious things, so yeah. listening audience, that's not what I mean, but to do, not, not what I mean to do, but maybe the idea is, for the people who made this movie, maybe the idea is, okay, there was an individual, but as opposed to looking at it as, you know, God living on this planet, maybe the idea it was someone from this planet that is attaining this higher level of consciousness, or this mm-hmm. higher, you know... They still don't really establish in this movie who really who God is. It's right. all very focused on you, you get to see Satan and you Right. You know. And so you really don't know how that works. And where yeah. I come from and say, Well, Jesus was pretty clear on his mission. Now mm-hmm. the whole self doubt and questioning, yeah, I could imagine yeah. that and do I want to do this and please don't make me go because right. I think that you know, in the Bible they talked about that. He said right. that, you know, if there's any way I can avoid this, yeah. I'd sure be up for it, you yeah. know. But that part's kind of, that part's relegated to the, after the Last Supper and the Garden right. of Gethsemane. And, and that's actually, in the Jesus Christ Superstar, that's like the big, most yeah. dramatic song that Jesus sings is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's, if there's any way. Yeah. <laughs> if there's any way I don't have to do this, yeah. then l- let it pass away from me. I don't know. But, you know. It's, right. it's it's your show, so I right. will do what you want me to do. But in this movie, it's more like from moment one yeah. of this nearly three hour movie is I'm no 
it's almost like a petulant child to be like, Mm-mm, no, right. I'm not doing it. And I'm not he going. Doesn't, he doesn't even. Clearly, <laughs> you can't make me. And he doesn't even clearly know his father's voice. Right. In terms, and there was that one story that they always. Well, at one point, I think this is his mother that yeah. asks him, like, "Are you sure it's God?" Yeah. And he's like, "I don't know." And that seems to be more. Um, uh, and that seems to be more akin to was it Saul that was on the road and he heard people talking mm-hmm. and then he went blind because yeah. he didn't recognize well, it was Saul right yeah yeah they put that scene in there so yeah. they almost seem to if we weren't talking about if you're talking about any other movie uh, care mm-hmm. character con- uh, what condense condense yeah. the character into one right um, that whole idea who was it um, uh, I'm I'm so sorry uh, no. was it was it. Was it David that keeps hearing God calling to him and he gets up and he's like, Mom, was that you called? No, no, no. Uh, no, it's Nathaniel. Nathaniel, yeah. okay. Yeah, and, and that's what the whole Samuel, song. Nathaniel. Samuel. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe Samuel. I, this is why I, I'm not. I feel horrible now that I'm getting them mixed up, but on the fly here, I'm well, messing it up. Yeah, well, I don't want to put you on the spot because, like no, I said, no. I, I'm, I'm relegated to, wasn't there this one guy? In the mm-hmm. But it's like, wasn't that the thing where, here I am, Lord, is that you calling yeah, in the middle yeah, of it? Yeah. They almost had that. I just noticed they seemed yeah. to pack a whole bunch of stuff. And so, you know, maybe that was the perspective that they're approaching it from. Is like, I don't know if I believe in this all-powerful God type mm-hmm. thing. But whatever's up there, mm-hmm. creative, whatever you want to say, there was someone on this earth. I can buy that. But I've got to look at it from the human perspective and say, how could a human do these things? Mm-hmm. As opposed to someone coming at it from the other direction saying... Okay, what would God look like as a human? Yeah, do, do you want to, so yeah. maybe that's kind of how the, they're approaching this movie. Yeah, and again, it's not my place to question. It's just, oh, okay, well, that's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, and the other kind of interesting part of this movie, and the, the part where I I think I would see it as, you know, I, I don't know if the first section of this movie is what would really get people offended. But that last part, like where he's on the cross, and then all of a sudden the little girl angel shows up, and she's like, "You don't have to, mm-hmm. you don't have to do this," which I thought was done perfectly. Mm-hmm. The fact that you know you, you always you know, like you hear stories where people have used this idea of, well, the, the devil's pretty crafty, you know, he'll use he'll use truth, but he'll twist it in such a way that it works for his advantage. And I love that part where the little girl is like, "No, I'm I'm one of the angels, and I've been watching over you," and don't you remember the story of Abraham and Isaac and it came down to the last second and then God spared Abraham's son? Why don't you, don't you think he would spare his own son? You don't have to do this. Get down. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done, you've done your best. You've done everything you needed to do. You don't need to die. And then from that point on, then you get the images of, he goes to Mary Magdalene, they get married, she gets pregnant, she dies. Then he goes to Mary and Martha Sleeps with both of them, has a you know litter of children, uh, runs into Paul years yeah. later, and, and and that part actually this time watching I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, where where Paul is like, you know, what? I don't care if you are Jesus, the story I'm telling is what people need. Yeah, so I'm going to keep telling that story, and you know what? Thank you, thank you for showing up today, so that I can take you, forget about you, and focus on yeah. the one that I know is going to benefit mankind and yeah. and all that. And then you get Jesus grow old, and you've got the scenes of uh, Jerusalem being destroyed by the Romans, and the yeah. temple being destroyed, and, and everybody is all old, and they walk in, and they're basically like, you know, shame on you for what you did, and yeah, and, and all that, and, and and that's kind of it. Like, 
that's the whole segment of the movie that I'm like, okay, well, that's where it's going to bother people. Yeah, and, and, then, and the whole idea is, I mean, I could see that because we've seen that in other stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, right on down to, uh, you know, you go left as opposed to right. You know, right. it's the alternate re- reality right. play. Right. Well, look at all these great things. Oh, and it goes downhill right. from there. And again, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's, and I have to keep coming back to faith. That's not informing my faith that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, we're looking at it from his perspective, but I think for me it's hard because it's like the whole idea needs to be we need to consider from our perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, isn't that the cha- I mean, and then we mm-hmm. get into all the things which I'm trying to keep off the podcast, mm-hmm. but then how do these things inform us in in mm-hmm. in our in our daily life? Yeah, yeah. He, who's without sin cast the first stone. But it's not just he's trying to save his girlfriend as it was kind of predict portrayed in this movie I thought it was kind of like no we we're all with sin we're all in this together right you need to you need to see God in all these other places that's why it was love it wasn't just love peace mm-hmm. pass the acid mm-hmm. it was we need you need to love your enemy as yourself why because you need to see God in that person mm-hmm. why because that's how God's going to appear and there was that that uh, you know uh, again you correct me because I'm I'm just horrible with this and my sincerest apologies but there was that whole story where you know there was the rich man that was waiting for god right Mm -hmm. and he's make way you know the lord comes and Mm -hmm. all that kind of and then a beggar comes to the house and he turns him away and then someone else comes and he's and then finally it was just like i did i appeared to you as a beggar Mm -hmm. you know you didn't give me money i appeared to you naked you didn't give me clothing Mm -hmm. i put you know that's that's where it for, for me again. I'm sorry. You can edit this no, out. Yeah. But that's where the movie fell flat because it was like we're showing it from that. But the the, the challenge of the faith is you got to see it. How does that inform you now? Mm-hmm. You know. And I was really, to be honest, I was looking forward to in this movie. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see how they look at the resurrection. Mm-hmm. How they look on the third day. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, wait. You mean you're just gonna go up to this point and you're not gonna show your vision of what what the resurrection means? Mm-hmm. Well, huh? Okay. Okay. And it wasn't like I hate this movie. What? Mm-hmm. Not at all. But it was like, well, it's yeah. it's in, it's incomplete. Yeah. Just my perspective. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. How? Weird to use this term, devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought on, on now having seen this three times, my thought is that they're really just going for Jesus' struggle to follow the plan that God wanted him to follow. Mm-hmm. And at the point at the end of the movie where he goes, it is accomplished, and he dies, that's the movie. Like mm-hmm. that, he, the struggle was, I don't want to follow this plan. I don't want to follow this plan. I don't want to follow this and you, you, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to start following his plan. I'm going to stop it. I'm not going to go, wait a minute, I don't have to go through with the rest of it? Oh, great, now I can live out my life and have children and blah, 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 blah. Then you see how everything went wrong, and it's like, it's almost like a, I almost hate to, well, I don't hate to make this comparison. It's almost like a, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah, I was, don't. <laughs> it's almost like an It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, no, I, you know, I, I, I want to be alive again. I want to be alive again. Um, and then you get to, <laughs> Although I think I'd laugh out loud if Jesus is on the cross going, my lips bleeding, my lips bleeding, Peter. Um, I have now just offended 
How, how many how many billions of people in the world? When do we get to do um, Dogma? <laughs> which was oh, a, which I love that movie. I mean, it's it yeah. Uh, talk about one that'll make people upset. But um, but you can't you gotta laugh it's you still, gotta it's, laugh it's, man. It's still funny though. Oh man, um, it is. But uh, it, it almost felt like a it's a wonderful life kind of thing. It's like, you know, you doubted yourself and you doubted that you were a capable father and husband and businessman and all this other stuff. And then you were shown what life would be like if, if you didn't, you know, if you weren't there or if you didn't go through with what was meant to be for you. And, and then you have a chance now having seen that, you have a chance to say, okay, I, I now know who I am and I know I've, I've got confidence in this is my purpose and this is the good that I do and blah, 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 blah. So I almost think that the, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with them not showing mm-hmm. the resurrection because m- my, and that's maybe where I separate my belief from the depiction in this movie, is this is a story of someone struggling to follow the path that God or whatever has for them, and the moment at the end where he smiles and says it is accomplished and then dies is he's 100% all in, I am, I'm going to go through with it. And yeah. I'm going to go through with it until death. And then at that point, if if the movie, if that's the purpose of the movie, then you don't need to see the resurrection because we've gone almost like in a short story. I almost think of it as like short story. In a short story, you're only going through like a very short span of someone's life, mm-hmm. maybe a day, maybe an hour, maybe a whatever. And once you've reached the point where they change, where they've gone through something and they've come out, changed the other side, story's over. Mm-hmm. Like they'll go on and live the rest of their life, or they'll do something else, but that's not the purpose of that short story. Yeah. So I, that's the understanding that I've come with the third time around watching this movie is that's why. Because I thought the same thing the first couple times. I was like, you know, I, I kind of wish they'd finish out the story. But now watching it a third time, I'm like, well, you know what? I think maybe they have finished out the story. Yeah, I, I think that was their purpose was to show the struggle. Yeah, and now when he says when he smiles and says it is accomplished and he dies. You've got it. And, and you yeah. know, if, if most people, I, I would feel like most people around the world know the rest of the story, right. um, but that maybe as filmmakers that wasn't the purpose. Right. For right. The we we got to back up. Yeah. And, and that I would just say, and for me, I think the movie would, would feel a little bit less like, eh, if, make it one of the apostles. Mm-hmm. Make it, you know, someone just trying to follow in Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus, make it sort of like you, you mentioned the um, Jesus Christ superstar where he's not even mm-hmm. the main character. Make it someone else with that struggle. It, you know, which I know is yeah. not the point because they want, for lack of a better word, they want the splash of what happens if Jesus isn't the way that you thought it was, mm-hmm. which is what they're trying to get. So I know that that's getting away from the core of the movie, but I guess that would that would almost just fire a little bit stronger for me if it was about a follower of his. That, yeah. you know, and that that's what he was trying to follow. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I, you know, definitely would need to see. I would like to see it again, especially because I'm sure, you know, you get different perspectives different mm-hmm. times through. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for... I almost I said so. it's a wonderful life, but yeah, yeah, that's right. I, yeah, um, I, I w- and I wish Dennis had been able to make Dennis. Dennis, did I say Dennis? Dennis, I was Dennis. Was maybe thinking of a, of a. I was trying to do a Sean Connery. Yes, <laughs> I wish Dennis was here. Yes. Um, Should we do a part two? <laughs> Should we 
you know. Well, I, I told him I told him if he gets a chance to after his softball game today or whichever when he was doing um, that uh, you know if he wants to call in or record something I'll drop it in. So if if Dennis does send me anything I'll drop it in at the end of this episode. Otherwise the next time he's on we can always talk mm-hmm. for a little bit about Last Temptation of Christ because I know he. He likes this movie. Like he, he likes yeah. this movie. He has a different reaction to this movie than you and I do, um, and was old enough to remember like the controversy and, and all that stuff. Well, um, and it's funny because so I wish he could have been here. But yeah, we'll, and, we'll and again, to, I don't want we'll to get him in. misquote him. And, you know, and I'm not. I was going to say some of the mm-hmm. things, that, but I don't want to misrepresent. Yeah, yeah. Backs and, but yeah, he's got some. It'd be good. I mean, even so, if, if he's able to, we'll we'll drop that in at the end of yeah. this episode and just put his recording in there and, and let him. Yeah, say his piece. And Make him listen to it. Yeah, I, right. and then we get a discussion because it's like any of this stuff. And again, we'd have to turn. We're trying to focus on the movie, and I did not do that well at all for this thing. But I mean, well, it's no, like I, how, how it's you watch the movie is how you watch the movie. Turn the the microphone off and then just discuss because that's mm-hmm. that discussion piece is is important. I remember hearing that, uh, and I could be way off, but I, I believe it's in Judaism. You know, there's the Talmud, mm-hmm. which is all the law and everything mm-hmm. and it's not done it's like continually being written mm-hmm. do I right. have that right and I, be- I believe so yeah basically they, you know not you, an ju- expert, but you yeah. just get together and you mm-hmm. debate right Talmudic law right. if I'm mispronouncing it I'm sorry yeah. and I mean it's like how wonderful mm-hmm. you know no I think it's like the, I don't think that's what that meant I think it meant this are you sure about the world this is what I bring to it and what mm-hmm. where it's like not that there's no right or wrong but mm-hmm. just that this is an ongoing thing and we need to continue a discussion about mm-hmm. it because there might be you know, yeah, and so yeah, it's it was a very thought provoking movie, and yeah, and yeah, liked it better than Dead Ringers. Oh, yeah, uh, I think yeah. You'd like anything better than, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> oh, so, so here's a question Dead Ringers or Howard the Duck? Yeah, I uh, well, I didn't react as negatively to Howard the Duck, well, I mean, true. that was just kind of like. Okay, this is a little ridiculous. Right. I mean, you know, I, I, Dennis yeah. was the one that had the yeah. Dennis Dennis was the one that got <laughs> that got up and walked out. He kind of did the me thing with that movie, but uh-huh, you know, yeah. the hangers fly to. But uh, the um, yeah, Dead Ringers was it wasn't it just wasn't my thing. I'm yeah. just gonna say it wasn't my thing. No, that's fine. Because it was just weird. And yeah. Dumb. <laughs> weird and dumb. <laughs> no, it wasn't dumb. Ish. It was. Well, you can dumb. say it's dumb. That's it fine. Was, yeah. It's not your kind of movie. Yeah, but this was uh, this, but but uh, the last temptation of Christ. It was definitely like mm-hmm. something to consider. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, if you uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we are at several different places. You can get in touch with us. We are at three zero podcast.com. That's our website, and that's got you'll once you go there, you can get to all of our past episodes. Uh, it's got our email address there, Twitter. Facebook, um, links to get to us through Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes. You can just listen directly from the website if you want to. It's got our voicemail line on there if you want to call in and leave a voicemail. Um, you won't be bothering us if you do. That goes straight through to voicemail, so you don't have to even talk to a human being. You can leave your feedback on there let us know. As we said in the beginning, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We would like to know what you're enjoying about the show, if you'd like us to include anything else, or, or you know, if there's something that you feel like uh, needs to be changed, something that's just grinding your gears, uh, then please let us know. Or if you just want to say nice things about us, you can say nice things about us too. Six stars. Six. Six stars. Yeah. Six stars. Um, next episodes. Next episode will be next week, the Superman 80th anniversary coming out on the actual day uh-huh. of Superman's 80th anniversary. Um, and Action Comics number 1000 is coming out that day. They've lined it up so that the comic book actually comes out on the 
to the day, the 80th anniversary. Um, I heard someone while I was at C2E2 this last weekend say that there were two copies that somebody had there at the convention of Action Comics number one. Like somebody, I don't know if somebody at a booth had one of them or. And you're gonna have to help me out. Action comics. Action comics, first appearance of Superman ever in comics. Okay. Because he was like in newspaper strips and things like that, but like his very first comic book. Was it him comic book or was it like another? It was him. Yeah, yeah. It was his very first. It's like the iconic cover where he's lifting up the car, and like people are, you know, bad guys are running away. Eighty years ago, so. 1938. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, 80 years to the day since Action Comics number one came out. Action Comics number 1000 will come out. And I'm a huge Superman fan, so I'm going to talk all about Superman on that next episode. And if anybody wants to join me, that's totally fine. But, or I'm looking call forward in, to listening Call into to the it. voicemail line if you got something you want to say. Or, um, then after that, at the end of April, we're going to have Return of the Killer Tomatoes and Tapeheads, which are both... I've seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes. It's a weird, the look that it's a weird movie. Yeah. My my dad loved weird movies like that, yeah. like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Piranha and like all yeah. those old like yeah. the Blob and like all that stuff. Um, Return of the Killer Tomatoes is is very weird. Uh, Tapeheads I have not seen, but I also hear is is also a bit of a strange movie. So it, it fits in with our uh, Let's Get Weird April. And then uh, coming up in May, with a little bit more your speed, coming up in May, I think we've said before, is uh, Cops and Aliens. Yeah, okay. So May is going to be um, Avengers Infinity War. Mm. Ho- hopefully that'll be our first episode of May. Yeah, we got to get it together because we kind of all didn't see Black Panther we didn't, together. We, we didn't, didn't see Black Ready Panther, Player we didn't see Ready Player One. One. I feel like we just need to make it a thing that we Let's all go see. Game. Maybe we all go see... Uh, Avengers Infinity War together and then we podcast right after that. Yes, yes, yes. And it was like, yes. that's what we do. Yes. Um, and then after that, Red Heat and Colors for our <laughs> 1988 movies. Colors. Um, yeah. Wait, is there a movie called Colors? There is a movie called Colors. Oh, well, I look forward to viewing yeah. that. I've not seen it. Okay, so Red Heat. And I'm completely blanking out on what the Colors movie is because I'm thinking of something totally different. Um, the movie Colors is, I think it's a cop's like a crime film. It has uh, Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. Oh, fun! In it, so kind of a gritty police drama. Oh, uh, and then after that, Maniac Cop and Alien Nation. Okay. Maniac Cop has Bruce Campbell in it. All right, that's so, a good thing. Another kind of a kind of a weird little movie, but should be good. Uh, and then the last two that we've got for the end of May will be Deadpool two. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go see it, and yes. we'll do a podcast on it. If yeah. anybody else does, we'll we'll yeah. get get everybody in there too. And then, and rounding out the end of May will be Solo, a Star Wars. Story. Oh, cool! So, all kinds cool. of good stuff. So, thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. It's been a good hour and a half that we've been together here. That's right. A little over an hour and a half, but um, so yeah. So, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. Please uh, leave us some feedback on the movies we've talked about or movies that we've got coming up soon, sometime in the next couple weeks or so. Uh, But in the meantime, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. Bye now.